To Sexy Marriage Radio, Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris, where we are having honest conversations about married sex. That's right. And what makes up a sexy marriage? Because one of the things that will help our world, our nation, our cities, our neighborhoods, our countries, our communities, whatever it is that you want to place it in, is a healthy marriage will help everything around you. Oh, we are convinced of that. And we want to hear from you and what's on your mind and any struggles or questions or ideas or thoughts or criticisms or anything you have that you want to tell us, please send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or call our feedback line at 615 56 And today, Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Blow Up My Marriage. Very good. I have to put a little plug in for Blow Up My Marriage, which is starting this week. And is a great place to turn if you have a relationship that is experiencing some chronic trouble or a little bit of crisis or you have heard or said the words to your spouse, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Because Blow Up My Marriage will present you a different way to view what happens in marriage and then teach you how to use it to create a marriage out of this world. Yeah. Good job, Corey. Doc. So, Gina. Yes, sir. We've been getting flooded with emails. I love our emails. I do, too. I love, I love feedback because then that lets us know we're not just speaking to some absent <laughs> void of people. Because, you know, I, I see the stats of the show, and it's great because they're climbing and people are spreading the word, you can tell. But it's just one of those, like, until you actually get feedback from somebody, it's like, all right, are, are are people listening? You know, is this I know helping? those thousand those thousand downloads a day. Like, okay, are they landing in people's <laughs> iPods or are they really listening? Yeah, is it an automatic thing that's just set up, or yeah? And so the emails confirm that, and I love hearing the the ups and downs of people because you know you and I experience up and down. Yes, we we, do. we go through bouts of stuff too in our own relationships. So it's nice knowing we're all in this together. That's exactly what I tell our listeners and, and the people that read over at Winning at Romance. We're in this together. We mm-hmm. are, we're here for you. We believe in you, and we believe in walking it out in our own household. So that's cool. So Speaking of, yeah, I was just going to say, speaking of feedback, I would love to, to read one of our emails. Sometimes we summarize them. Sometimes they're very specific, but... I feel like this letter that came in is so applicable to so many people that we can read it and she doesn't give away who they are or, or anything. I'd love to just read this. Go for it because it's going to fit. I mean, that, when I read it too, it was one of those like, yeah, there's lots of people that she's speaking for, I think. Yeah. So she says, hello, Dr. Allen and Dina. I love listening to you guys. Thank you. Your insight is refreshing, and I appreciate your honesty on these matters. I grew up in a strict Christian home, and sex was not a topic often discussed. All I was to know was that sex was something reserved for marriage. 
I agree with that, but it doesn't always happen as planned. My husband and I did begin our sexual relationship about a year and a half before we were married. Sex before marriage was always exhilarating to me because I knew I was doing something wrong. And it made me feel more excited as it was a new experience for me. Afterwards, I always dealt with feelings of guilt. After marriage, I expected our honeymoon to be amazing because we could now have guilt-free sex. This definitely was not the case. I am not ever as aroused as I was before marriage. I thought I was alone in this feeling until my husband mentioned that sex during the honeymoon was horrible and tense. We're still working many things out, but my question is, how do we deal with this emotional shift in the bedroom? Part of me still wonders if I still feel like I'm doing something wrong and I can't ever really relax or enjoy the moment. That's a great question because there's it's, so much, I mean, there, there's so many aspects to this that that hit home, I think, for people. It makes me think of that sarcasm that people say about the one food that's guaranteed to ruin your sex drive is wedding cake, right? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Yeah. And so I love that she's so honest about yeah. this because it, it sort of synthesizes what you and I are about, reclaiming married sex as the best sex and taking a stand to bring healing to this kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Because so. one of the things that, I mean, she touches straight on it, the idea that there's that unspoken or that tabooness or that you're not supposed to do things that will heighten our emotions attached to it. You know, it's, it's that it's that I'm doing something wrong, so therefore I get more out of it, quote unquote. You know, I get turned on more by it because of the risk or the don't do it. You know, it's that it's that idea of you walk past a, a park bench and it says do not touch wet paint. And there's something in you that just says, oh, yeah, I'm going to touch it. <laughs> you know, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those that, you know, that's such a big thing because it's this whole, I've got these values that I want to live by, but I don't or I do. And, I, you know, you have to clarify that for each person. But then you have the whole, you up the risk factor a little bit or you up the energy factor a little bit because it is that whole I'm not supposed to be doing this well right now they are both living in this land of lost attraction okay they're 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 not erotically attracted to each other like they were so there's those two elements point pointing to that the one is just the plain old they've now been together over two years you get that sense Mm -hmm. because they've been sexually together for at least a year and a half right and so just the whole love cocktail that happens when you're new that's mm-hmm. worn off right so but, so their brain's not releasing the same right attractor chemicals right so that's common all of us are going to deal with that the, where the newness wears off so the infatuation the obsession the increased desire to be with somebody and you couldn't imagine life without them has waned and that's just because the phenylethylamine that's in their brain is is absorbed now and, and gone and has to be yeah, replaced absolutely. has to be replaced by something else and let's keep in mind that that happens with anything yep a new house yep. new car the new car smell wears off yep and external stimuli doesn't cut it anymore yep so that part's very normal and then like you said they've removed the danger factor 
And so, so riskiness is gone. Mm -hmm. And then, and then she, there's the whole element of guilt. So to me, that's three things. How do we increase arousal and attraction? Uh, what do we do about, um, the whole guilt versus danger aspect? Right. Okay. So where do you want to start? I want to go start with, um, I mean, we already covered one. The, the first of it is acknowledging the fact that the biological makeup in your brain has shifted and changed. And we talk about that a lot. Right. But now we're, we're, we're not going to rely on dopamine as much as maybe oxytocin right. and, and become really bonded together. Right. And we've talked about, you know, increasing our attraction to our spouse. So... Let's talk about what happened. Uh, what happened at the honeymoon level? Okay. And then go from there. Okay. On on how it was tense. I'm trying to find the right wording. Yeah. That it was that it was horrible and tense. Yeah, considering that it should have been guilt-free, wild, erotic, better Un than uninhibited. Ever. Yeah. Here we go. Let's just let our hair down figuratively and go with it because we already know what we're doing so let's just up it a little bit right and instead we've got some resistance so in actuality there was some a lot of unspoken expectation about how it would naturally progress even though could it naturally progress exactly you know, it's like this idea of, man, we're having such great sex now. Imagine what it'll be when X. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of that whole, you just expect it to occur and don't necessarily do anything to prepare for it to occur. Because there's, there's lots of couples I have come across that have had horrible honeymoon sex. Even when they were previously having sex and even when they were not having sex. Yes, was yeah, both, Absolutely. both sides. Absolutely. Because, you, I mean, you, you set up this whole huge cocktail of expectation of, of what you think will happen. And, it, you know, my, my definition of expectations is planned disappointments. And when you have it that high of an expectation, it cannot satisfy that. Well, especially when most people don't talk about their... Yep. They're they're not talking about this fantasy world. Yep. I mean, if you even just talked about it, it would raise the bar on your pleasure. Yeah. So, um, why was it tense? I I'm gonna have to say that part of what, as a woman, part of what would make me less attractive to my husband is if he came into this relationship having defied his values and my values. So we think there's going to be all this eroticism, but really there's a lack of respect because I think we, we were not true to our values. We were incongruent and out of integrity and that's not sexy. Okay. So that was, so that's why she says there's always this lingering guilt. Okay. So it's, she's, so it's that lingering guilt. That, that lingering guilt is a bigger issue than it, maybe it's being made out to be. I think it is. Okay. And I, I think that's why some philosophy is so angry at religion. They're saying, well, then religion is the problem. That was evil of religion. 
to put that on her and make her think that mm-hmm. sex is anything but beautiful at any time, under any circumstance, with any partner. Mm-hmm. But she says that, you know, she's not going to go embrace some idea like that. So she needs to be able to find healing within her values. Right. So, so. Because that's a personal journey then. I mean, that is any, anytime you're talking about personal values, and that's the same thing that you and I run into, I think, on this show, is trying to speak to some issues that are so personal. You know, we can tell our listeners what we think, but we can't yeah. tell them what we think for them. No, because everything that's going to propel you to succeed in life is going to be your beliefs and your values. Right. Your beliefs and your values right. and the meaning you attach to your activities. Yep. And the more you so, own what you value in your own integrity, the more powerful you are in your life. Absolutely. You should say that again. So the more you own <laughs> of your own values and your own integrity, the more you own that, the more powerful you become. Because you live yeah. from that. That's the best in us. That's the part in us that knows who we are and knows who we're not and lives that. Yeah. And that's what's so- sexy in in marriage that's what propels long-term passion in life and in marriage it's exactly right so i i wish everyone could understand how huge that is so to to help this listener mm-hmm. when we're talking about the fact that you know they thought she thought going into it she'd have guilt-free sex but the guilt is still rearing its head my question would be, have, have they as a couple had that conversation? I, that have they, have they been straight up with, you know, hey, I thought, and personalize it. You can't do this whole we covering yeah. thing because that's just perpetuating the issue. And, but one of the things you need to do is, is think of the terms of I. It's much more vulnerable to state it that way, but it's much more powerful to say it this way. To say, hey, I'm struggling with guilt over what we have done together. Or, mm-hmm. or what I have done with you is a better way to phrase it. Because you're mm-hmm. not trying to get your, you know, you're not trying to blame a spouse for, well, you made me do this. No, it's not at all that. You, two of you had sex. So yeah. if that's something you struggled with over the fact that you did, and it goes counter to what you believed going up, it's a chance to reexamine what do you believe now? Yeah. And, and own it. And then forgive yourself, forgive each other, practice some grace be comfortable in your own skin and and then see where you are because having that open honest conversation generally goes a, a long way because lots of times we think we've had those conversations but we really haven't been up front about it mm-hmm. we've beat around the bush we've suggested we've hinted or intimated it but we've not ever come right out and said hey this is what i'm struggling with this is what's bothering me what do you yeah. think? What What's your experience? What do you, th- well, you know, give me some feedback on this. And then you see where you go from there. Yeah, I think that is so important. And like you said, that forgiveness factor is huge. To have that conversation, lay it on the table and say, you know what? I've, it was so fun at the time. I was always full of guilt. It was full of this energy. But I, it's, I think it was hurtful or I've, I've struggled with the guilt and, and it's not now what I thought it would be. Just put all out there on the yeah. table and then just take that time to say, all right, then let's, let's just move forward. Yeah. I forgive myself. I forgive you. I forgive the situation. We were doing the best we knew. And you got to examine the meanings you attach to things because it sounds like 
the meaning that was placed on sex was designed for marriage. This was from her. I mean, that's what she talked right. about, that it was, it was taught. It's something reserved for marriage. But, and she says she agrees with it. Right. But, but she it didn't, didn't happen. Yeah, she didn't practice that. that. But right. that is still carrying forward that all of a sudden now something that was reserved for marriage has been skewed. So that way, now that I have the marriage, it's still skewed. I had, it's incongruent in what I had and what I believed and then what I did. Now that those two can come together, I still have not changed the meaning back for sex. It's still something wrong. Yeah. Even though I'm married, it's still something wrong. It's still something I have shame attached to it or inhibition, you know, something attached to it that is tripping them up now. But in her mind, she values the sexual relationship as something that's exclusive between her and her husband. And it sounds like he's been her only partner. And I think it might help her when... um, I'm just going to speak to you directly. When you look at that wedding ring on your finger, let that be an absolute trigger for arousal. That Instead of thinking, wow, sex is nothing great now, you look at that ring and think of everything that ring symbolizes to you. It symbolizes this lifelong commitment with somebody that lights you up. It symbolizes um, a relationship that goes forward as long as you can See, you probably made a vow till death do us part and you believe in that and there's something secure in that. I think you can look at that ring and what if you let it go backwards in time and encircle that relationship that you had before you had that wedding ring on your finger. And so that in that circle that's on your hand, you look at it and you can let that circle represent healing and exclusivity to that whole sexual relationship and now embrace it within the relationship. I know when I got married, just seeing that ring on my finger when I'd wrap around Paul's neck or it would catch my eye, it would light me up. It still does. So I think you can, we can choose what trigger, you know, you can get into a peak state of arousal. You can retrain yourself. Exactly. And trigger it to something. And I would encourage you to trigger that. Think about your, you know, let yourself daydream, do whatever, remembering your most erotic moments with your mate and then look at your wedding ring. And imagine it was all within your covenant because you have chosen each right. other. And then look at it from, we, we touched on this a little bit, but let me kind of put it in a time frame perspective. Look at the sexual relationship just in and of itself. Okay, I'm going to take right. marriage out of it. And let's, just, right. let's even just say that marriage was a part of it at the very beginning. And it right. just started great and everything was great. And now it's waned. That's mm-hmm. a natural, normal process. Absolutely. It's not going to constantly stay at this heightened boy. It's just great every single time. That's just impossible to have happen. Yeah. You get glimpses of greatness. And and in general, sex will go. It's it's just that whole up and down, you know, scale in a sense. Like a, I can't even think of the right word now, of... It's it's like if you're looking at a graph. Like there you music. go. It's like a graph that you're going to have times where it's great and then you drop down, and times where it's great and you drop down. And but that's a normal process that you're going to have times where you're just out of sync, you're not aroused, you're not into it, you're not interested. That's just the way it goes. That's a yeah, normal thing. You could thing. look at it like a bar graph, like data, or you could look at it like sheet music, mm-hmm. like a song. Mhm. 
one will speak more to the romantic side <laughs> so of that, the brain. That's fine. Well, one will, one will speak more to one gender and one will speak more to the other too. But but it is that is something to realize that, hey, there's the fact that you're not aroused, the fact that you're having struggles getting into it, it's very possible there's nothing going wrong. That's just part of the process of having to grow and mature and challenge some of your own belief systems, some of your own values, refine yourself. What do you really believe? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to grab a hold of? All of that idea is evolving as a human being, as a maturing of a human being or creating wisdom or character as a human. That's part of the process. And the beauty of that is that can create its own sense of danger, making yourself vulnerable. Yeah. Well, and that's just it too. Let's, let's, the next aspect of that is how the taboo part of it in heightened things. They right. were doing something that's wrong, so therefore, boy, I'm totally into it. That skews the sense of risk to where now risk is only associated with things that are wrong, quote yeah. unquote. And again, wrong is a, a relative term depending to, on each person. Right. Okay, so I'm not, coming, I'm not trying to come at this with, well, what you did was wrong. Exactly. That's up to each person in their own relationship with, with God or with whoever it is with themselves. So one of the things that I think of is where are the areas in your own life that you are taking risks still, that, exactly. you're, that you're being adventurous? Let's go out of the bedroom. Are you still a risk taker at all in life? Because it could be the only real risk was taken in this relationship by having sex prior to marriage. And that tapped into something that, man, well, I like that. Well, that can be applied in lots of areas of life. You know, start a business. Create a yeah. hobby. Do something different that you haven't done before. I mean, do something that that ups that element of danger, quote unquote, in your own life, not just in your sex. And that then, since we don't live compartmentalized lives, will spill over into all the other areas of our life. That is absolutely a human need it's a human driver right up there with security all of us have a need for security or certainty and then right after that we have a need for adventure mm-hmm. or uncertainty or variety and so that's beautiful advice to embrace that in your life outside of your bedroom that's what we mean when we talk about bringing your best self to a relationship right. so that's beautifully said and then that's part of the beauty of bringing that risk taker in you. Maybe you the, the darker energy that you have, bringing that into that relationship that you've tried to only make now have to be real light and have mm-hmm. to be real spiritual. It, weave that all together. Mm-hmm. Weave all those energies that you have that, that, that's a little bit risky and dangerous and and has fantasies, weave that into that beautiful place where you get to share what's in your heart or what you'd like to do and, and trying something new. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause you can do lots of things that are yeah. quote unquote societally inappropriate, <laughs> you know, just sure. I mean, even if it's just as simple as just upping your public levels of affection, you know, your public displays of affection, you know, not that you're, full-on groping, getting naked, having sex in a department store. Uh-huh. That would up the risk factor. But <laughs> it's, more, it's more about do some teasing, do some flirting with each other in public. Do some, 
risky kind of stuff in public. Do some different things. That it's it's about you and your marriage. So man, have a blast with it. You know, enjoy the time. One of the things that Pam and I tried at at, at a party years ago was we we told each other, okay, at this party because there was going to be lots of friends together. It was like a business something. So there was a couple of friends, but a lot of people we just didn't know. And so we had kind of made an agreement that every time we passed each other, because we wouldn't always just be together milling around. We would be kind of separate milling around people that we knew and that we didn't know. Every time we passed each other, there had to be either a suggestive look or touch. So you said that before? You said, hey, let's have some house rules before we go? We planned it out before we went and just kind of set the parameters of, all right, let's just kind of up this a little bit. You don't even have to have that conversation. You could just do it, you know, take the risk and you know, take the lead. But that, that kind of set the whole, cause both of us were kind of like, yeah, you know, office parties. Those aren't, <laughs> some of them can be great. Some of them are, eh. so this was just kind of a way to, all right, this is our little time. You know, we'll exactly. have a little fun, just the two of us. Yeah. And that's why sometimes I think we've talked before about meeting your mate somewhere out mm-hmm. like a rendezvous. Yep. You know, if you, because sex for a woman is so emotional you can choose to re you can choose to act like every time you're together is the first time. So you could push the danger envelope. Yeah. There is something about that eroticism and danger element. Sure. There that's is. what, that's that why you see things. people come all the way to the ditch of, you know, how the whole S and M and yeah. bondage and all that's real, it's real vogue right now. Cause everyone's so dang bored with their life. They yeah. have to read weird I think it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it, it does heighten things. And so you can just, you know, up the playfulness in a car, you know, exactly. up, up the things in your, in your backyard, up the experience. I mean, in the pool, if you have a pool at your house, you know, there's lots of different where there's an element of, boy, we could get caught. Yeah. Well, okay. I might get caught with my spouse. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a whole different ball game than. I'm just, just some rendezvous with some unknown person, you know. So, it it cuz that's just it. If you look at it theoretically along the lines of an affair, mm-hmm. a lot of what is appealing that research shows about an affair is it's not the sex. I know. It's the danger. So create that have an affair with your spouse. You know, yeah. create that element together. That secretness, that allure that that kind of erotic touch that kind of thing that just you can create you can in essence kind of manufacture that together it takes some effort and some intentionality but it can happen yeah and talk to each other share your fantasies yeah yeah and and they just up the game take the risk i mean so she's the one that emailed us i would i'm going to speak directly to her take the lead and up in the risk factor in your relationship. You know, start sending him texts that are suggestive. Start sending him emails, little quick phone calls. You know, break the normal routine. If you have this normal interaction pattern of all we do is talk about schedules, well, continue that, but at, at some other time that you normally wouldn't, call him up, send him a text, and make it very obvious what you're talking about. And, and do it short to the point, just kind of plant a seed. And let that grow and see what happens. 
and I can feel her the pushback from her point of view is oh, I don't have I'm not aroused I'm not I, there's I don't have the horny factor anymore. Yeah, but that's so, biological. I mean that's that's just something you're trying to create that's not there maybe. So it's not going to happen chemically until you take the initiative to help it happen chemically. <laughs> Sorry to say that, ladies. That's the truth, especially well, for us. It, but it, it, the husband can do it too. If he listens yeah. to this show and and you come up and say, "Hey, yeah, that's me." They're talking about, you know, that's us. They're talking about. Then, you know, there's another honesty factor to up the whole game. But he can do that too. He can create that. He can generate that. He can up his game in pursuing her. The masculine can pursue the feminine and awaken and arouse the feminine. Well, and all of us women wish you guys would. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, show us your strength, please. There you go. Yeah, yeah and I got confirmation of this of this whole idea. The coffee shop I go to um, most every day when I work in the mornings, if I don't have my kids, I head to Panera, and that's that's kind of my office. And there's a couple ladies there that I've kind of created a relationship, a friendship with, a relationship with that we've always just kind of known each other. We don't know. I still don't know names. They don't know my name, but we just, you know, we're coffee shop people. Right. And I sat down next to them um, a couple weeks ago and we just got to talking and they were like, well, what do you do? So I was telling them what I do and they're like, oh, wow. And, but anyway, it came along the idea of she, one of them was talking about a guy she used to date that he was just too nice. She's like, I'm, I'm so glad I ended up, I didn't end up with him and I ended up with my husband because the other guy, I would have gotten bored. He was just too nice. He didn't have that real alpha. And this is her own words. I mean, right. just out of the blue, he didn't have that kind of a danger side to him, which that's the masculine man, kind of a bad boy that feminine, I think, longs for when it comes to sex. That whole, I want someone to just really flat out pursue me. Well, I think when it comes to sex and when it comes to life. Yeah. So, and I, I think for a lot of guys that feel out of touch with that side of themselves, there's reasons for that. Maybe they were raised to think in this post-feminist era that men and women are just alike. Right. There was a whole period of time where we tried to make everything gender neutral. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's and that's still going on. Really, there's still a push. I think for we're all the same. There's no difference. You know, I, I think that still is an undercurrent of our society. You know, it is interesting. My daughter, I tell her, Kristen, you operate in a ton of masculine energy, even though she, but she's very much the modern woman, and she has so many confusing mm -hmm. signals. She's only 17, mm -hmm. but she's, you know, the ASB president, the yearbook editor, volleyball captain. Uh, she always gets voted homecoming queen and, you know, got the 4.4 GPA, all that very, very driven mm -hmm. to succeed. She's got the long blonde hair. She's very beautiful, and she just went to girl state where she was a senator. And so, you know, that's a huge honor just to represent stuff there. And she said, Mama, every speaker was just pushing, pushing, pushing about the inequality for women, how women are banned from 2,000 positions in the military and all this stuff. And Paul said, well, they're banned from those positions for privacy, not for capability. 
and and all these things that we're opening our eyes because she says i'm just not i don't feel like any opportunities diminish to me as a woman i don't feel like i have to go fight for equal rights right but she also has a hard time she feels like guys don't like her she's like, you know i so she says i think they're all intimidated or something yeah. so it is it's tough to be a woman in today's world because we're so driven be smart be beautiful be sexy be um everything be vulnerable so and and then men are supposed to be you know in touch with your sensitive side you know so please cry oh my god don't cry don't be weak don't (laughs) you know for god's sake make more money yeah so there's all these messages and we just encourage you to rest in who you are and your in your masculinity and your femininity and what you bring to a relationship and and take on the belief that you're perfect and you're gorgeous and your mate loves you mm-hmm. and, and celebrate it. Yep. And if there's parts of you that you don't like, work on them. Yeah. You know, to have the courage to work on it for your own sake, not for your partner, not for your, not yeah. for your kids, for you. Cause that's the different motivation than, you know, up your own rank in your life, if you will, you know, just kind of up your own game, work towards what you want as for you to what what you want to become yeah that's so huge all right so she had a second question too she did you want me to read it go for it okay second question i listened to your podcast about masturbation and marriage yet it was still unclear to me is it okay to do or not i was always told that you should never do that can you clarify for me? Is it okay to do this? She's hard. She can't even say the word again. Is it okay to do this on your own and not make it a habit or what? Need clarification. Really appreciate you all and what you're doing. Okay. So my answer, is it okay to do or not? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it. again, this is kind of a value thing for each person. In a marriage... If if a hundred percent of your sexual energy is within the marriage, that's that's kind of the marker I use. Mm-hmm. That's the goal to to strive for. I use the goal. Does it make me closer? Does it make me more who I want to be, closer to my mate, or less of who I want to be and mm-hmm. and more distance from from Paul? Yeah. So guess what? You don't get legalistic answers from us. I, that's so funny. People yep. want a yes or no and scripture and verse. And listen, to the pure, all things are pure. Let peace be a, a, a guide for you, an umpire to your decisions. Peace. Yeah. So she's like, I, I still don't. Yeah, get I don't. It. I don't what, what, what am I supposed to say to that one? How you did, did you really answer that question or did you not? <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of the way it goes. Is some of the things we want to do with Sexy Marriage Radio is have Make the discussion, have the discussion, and then hopefully your discussion leads to more discussion with people offline, and you create something in your own home that what is what you both want, because obviously. My marriage with my wife and Gina's marriage with her husband works for each of us. Right. It can't go beyond that. I mean, I got I got my hands full with my own marriage because I'm involved in it. So I got my hands full with me. So this is Sexy Marriage Radio. And we hope that wherever you are, things are great. And if not, they get better. Stick it out. It's worth it. Absolutely.
Have a great day. See you, everybody. Let's talk about...